Yo, what's up, guys? And welcome to the Movie Newbie Podcast with me, Jabril, the Movie Newbie, and the two aficionados, Ollie and Raf. So enjoy the show. Yo, what's up, guys? And we are back again with another episode of the Movie Newbie. I'm your host, Jabril. And I I'm... thought we were gonna sing. I thought we were gonna sing little jingles every oh, time shit. for this. Oh no! Oh shit! J- Hello, jingles. I thought I was singing Mar- Mariah Carey every. Oh yeah, yeah, every yeah. Just... Okay. All right, all right. Nah, nah, nah. It's Overhead all right. It's all right. It's all right. You know what? You know what? I think I think we need to move on from that. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll come up with something good for the last episode. All right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, we've got Raph introduced. How about Ollie? How about you say hello? Hey, uh, I for one, I'm really glad that we're no longer singing the Christmas carols because <laughs> you know what, that Ollie, was get, pretty get cringy. Get out. <laughs> gladly, Raph, gladly. All right, well, well we you are... know, my mom says I have the voice of an angel, so screw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are back for episode 39, our second movie of our Christmas theme. Raph, how about you take it away, introduce the movie, and introduce basically... Whatever, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. I got you. Um, yeah. What a what a what a joy this one was to rewatch. Um, I am so happy we put it on this on this list and in this theme. And it's so one hundred percent a Christmas movie, no matter what you know anyone would say. Uh, which I don't think. I think it's universally you know, it's universally um, is a a Christmas film at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what do you get when you mix one part action movie with one part holiday flick and uh, add in a dash of sweaty tank top? You get Die Hard. You get Die Hard straight away. And this one, oh my goodness. I mean, could you think, uh, this is the quintessential action flick in my you know, opinion. And in a lot of people's opinion, I think it's been definitely helmed as the greatest template and the greatest blueprint for, for, for a, an action flick under the guise of maybe a Christmas movie. Um, but it's, it's, you know, rewatching this again, I can, I can see that the, 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 the finely cut and, and, and the finely paced editing and, and, and the finely tuned action, the, the sharp script, um, the smart exposition, the incredible performances from, you know, everyone that was on board. I had forgotten how, you know, big of a, uh, of an ensemble piece this actually was you know yes bruce willis is bruce willis is john mcclain and he is our lead hero and he is the one taking you know pacing this movie but i mean you have alec rickman you know considerably a, one of the most iconic villains on screen you've got you know sergeant al you know powell you know reginald vell johnson you you've got mm. even even you know the limo driver um argyle i believe his name or argyle <laughs> Argyle. It's a Ar- hard. It's a. It's a hard G. Argyle. 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 Thank you very much. You know, you've got such a wonderful cast of characters. Uh, Holly as well. You know, included. I mean, sure, maybe that's one of the things that didn't age the finest. But it's 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 one of those things where yeah, it, it, it's a movie that just beautifully comes together, and it's it is in my opinion, you know, a film that came out in 1988, and that was that that every movie pales in comparison to repeat or, or or recapture its essence including its mm. its you know demise for sequels mm-hmm. yeah so that's that's all i have to say about this now what did you guys think and for let's say our movie newbie watching this you know this quintessential action flick what did you think you know i'm surprised i've never seen this before mm. like it's it's weird i feel like i've seen it just because of like the 
the bare amount, well, not the bare amount, but like the sheer amount of references that shows and movies, like they always reference Die Hard, even if it like, if mm. it comes up in the dialogue or they try and copy it in some way. And I'm always like, oh, okay, I guess I've seen Die Hard if I get all these references. But then I watched the movie and I'm like, whoa, I've never seen this before. And it was it was pretty good. Yeah, there were a few things that I was like, ah, oh, that's a bit like 80s, you know? Like the acting, like it's in some parts were like a bit weird, a bit funny. The mm -hmm. the script as well, where I was just like, oh, what are they saying? You know, it's kind of like watching <laughs> Top Gun. But um, another yeah, classic. Like it was, it was cool. I really enjoyed the movie. It was like well paced. I was pretty engaged for most of it. Um, oh. Whew. All yeah. right, pass the test. Um, pass the diehard test. Yeah, I liked the comedy aspect in it. I thought there were some pretty mm. funny moments. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Um, I don't know, there was something like... Reminded me of like playing Counter-Strike. You know, like... like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the hey, old Tor. school Counter-Strike that we used to play when we were kids. 1.6, yeah. Yeah, 1.6, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, hey, like yo. just like shitty boxes. But I don't know, there was something about like going up the ladder. D-Dust. Like, <laughs> yeah, CSI yeah, was warehouse or whatever that one was called. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, I just enjoyed it thoroughly. Nice. Thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Yeah, very cool. Nice. All right. Oh, the Over score you, was Ollie. sick. The, the mm, what? what was that? The score was sick. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. we should we should circle back to that because I hadn't even yeah. thought about the score. The score yeah. was but, um, pretty sick. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I, I, well, I've I've seen this film a bunch before, so you know, this is like. This is like a cheeseburger for me or something, or, you know, uh, just a really hearty, you know, uh, classic meal that you return to time and time again. So it feels weird to talk about it on this sort of, to really dig deep into it, because it's been such a uh, a mainstay throughout my watching movies career. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a great film. What else can you say about it? It's one of the definitive action films. It's, you, you put it perfectly well, Raph, it set the template or the blueprint for a lot of these, at least like the gun heavy action films that would be coming out going forward. Because of course, you know, uh, like a, a martial arts film or a karate movie or a Kung Fu film can be classified as an action film, but this is a different kind of, of action film. This is an action film with plenty of bullets, plenty of bodies of the ground, explosions, carnage, you know, pyrotechnics. And this is just a bloody good action film. Um, what really, I think where its success really lies, and we can get into this later is I think someone, I think Jabril, you mentioned this a little bit. I think the, the comedic aspects of this really do uh, work pretty well for me. I think, yeah, you can probably pinpoint a couple of jokes that don't land as well in 2021, but the, I find this movie to be really, really funny. Uh, and I think that's what makes it so enjoyable as not just an action film for me, because uh, whenever I, there are a lot of 80s action films, um, like, for example, like The Predator or, or Rambo, that I do, I do enjoy the kineticism of the action scenes, but then I find myself getting a little bit bored um, towards the end because, unfortunately, action alone, unless it's just, you know, God level, is not enough to interest me, especially if it's just guns and explosions. I need something else. And this script, this script and this film has that comedy and has the likable characters, the memorable characters, as well as the relationship dynamics and the performances that just work. Mm. So it's got so many more elements in that pot that make it a really enjoyment, enjoyable viewing experience. And I also just think it's really tight and economical. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think action films, especially 80s action films, 
are probably recognized for their excesses. You know, you think of the Schwarzenegger era. Mm. And so you think it's just like lots of stuff happening, like lots of chaos, lots of whatever you want it is. There's just mm. lots of it. It's indulgent. But this film feels tight, even though it does have a bloody helicopter falling out of the sky towards the end. Mm. It's got one setting. It all takes place over a single night. Um, it's not just, you know, endless body counts or something or endless kills you know it's it's one guy basically picking off a couple of guys over the course of a movie you know it's mm. it's it's just very tight and uh, yeah i think that really works in its favor so yeah you know uh, i'm rambling now i just i think it's a fantastic action film and yeah just an old timer yeah 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 and again like what you say about its economy uh and its use of of location, its use of relationships, uh, its pacing, and its simple premise. You know, it's not something, yeah. you know, convoluted. It's not something that it's, it is going to become tangled over time. It's it's something that's, that flows fluidly. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think one of the first things that I want to set up is, you know, its sense of time. I you know, watch this, watching this movie again, I realized, oh, right, the action doesn't really kick in until 25 minutes in, you know, mm, we have time mm. with this movie to, to invest with the characters to start, you know, liking this, these relationships, these dynamics, and McLean himself, you know, this is uh, the guy that we're going to look, you know, for, and we're going to look at for the next, you know, 90, well, two, two hours, um, and he starts off, you know, not unlikable, but he starts off with a with with pain. He starts off with a lot of baggage. He starts off with, with um, you you know, a, a characterization that sets him off as someone that's as dealing with a lot, right? He doesn't want to be there. He he he's you know this kind of cop that you know wants to live in New York. He wants to be in New York. He doesn't want to you know go to L.A. You know, there's a lot going against him. And I love his arc because you get to like him more and more because but you it, get to it, it doesn't yeah. I mean, sorry not to cut you off, but it doesn't lay it on too thick, I think, no, which is a no. really important part yeah. of it because there are lots of action films where they'll they'll try and, you know, make you emotionally relate to the character or mm. sympathize with them. And it'll give them some really heavy handed background about mm. how they were, you know, they lost their partner or like they were just coming out of Vietnam or they're suffering mm. from PTSD. You know, you do feel for Bruce Willis at the time uh, the from the beginning of the film because you realize that he's um, you know, He's going through a separation that he's not totally on board with. He's mm. separated from his children, who he misses. He's in a new environment that he's not completely familiar with. But it's not that big a deal. Like, he's just, you know, it's not like these aren't like life ending problems, basically. Yeah. They're small yeah. problems mm. in, you know, in the scale of things. And and so it probably makes it. So, yeah, it doesn't, you know, it just doesn't lay it on too thick. Yeah, that's true. And like for, for, for you, uh, Jabril, how did you find you know this is john mcclain you know one of one of you know the greatest um 80s hero who then you know it it, it then on went on to, to become a, a huge franchise where his name became prolific to you know heroes and to you know, almost a superhero in die hard 4 and the next die hard but um <laughs> but it's 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 one of those things what did you first see when you saw john mcclain like how did how did it attract how did you how were you attracted to his to his character did he yeah, pull no, you in I, from the get-go? I, I really liked his character. Mm. Um, like, if you compare him to the other characters from the 80s, like, um, 
I don't know, like the yeah, like, like your your Arnold Schwarzeneggers, right? yeah. yeah. Your Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, what? hey, you, you owe me a soda or a beer. Oh, yeah, yeah. A tiger. I like that. Was good. That was good. Great, great, great. Um, great. <laughs> yeah. Chemistry so those there. guys. Um, who's the other guy? The I think he's Dutch. Um, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Dolph uh, Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. Then who's is that? The, was that who you're talking about? Oh, oh yeah. Jean Claude Van Damme. Jean Claude no, Van Damme. He's, he's, he's Belgian. He's a uh, Belgian. He's Belgian. Ah, yeah, no, yeah, 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 you yeah. owe me a coke. And and, and, <laughs> wouldn't he, and wouldn't he be a bit? Wouldn't he be? Well, I guess maybe he's eighties, but I always I always associate him with the nineties. But hey, right, you know, he probably did start. Sure. start yeah, but like all of those guys were like big guys, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. larger than life. And mm-hmm. with um, John McClane, it was like he's just your average dude. You know, yeah, that's what I that's what I I wrote that in my notes. Like it's I'm sure when yeah. people went to yeah. see this in the cinema and then the film began and then they got their first look at their hero, Bruce Willis, they were like, this guy doesn't look like your standard yeah. action hero because he's got thinning hair. He's yeah. got a five o'clock shadow. He looks yeah. kind of like shit. He's dressed really slo- sloppily, you know, mm, my, my first absolutely. impression was um, he just looks tired. Yeah, like, <laughs> like tired of life, you know, of the shit yeah. that's going on and he was just like well he looks like someone like, who 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 lives and works in new york city yeah and yeah. has been worn down yeah. by that city he's an east <laughs> so, coaster i also kind of like that that east coast west coast vibe but we can probably get into that later yeah um if anything yeah. if anything that becomes his diluted performances uh in his later career for bruce willis sorry bruce but like <laughs> i, I oh, get yeah. you you're doing it for maybe the money the paycheck but as as the diehards go it's like he you know he could be just sleeping as he's doing these scenes mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yeah so that's 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 my little <laughs> rant on bruce willis as it goes but this yeah this perfectly yeah. encapsulates yeah kind of like the worn yeah. down cop new york city yeah. cop right and i and i love the the classic Bruce Willis unimpressed look, you know, yeah, like right yeah. off the bat on the on the plane scene, he just has that like unimpressed look to the guy, and I was I yeah. found that so funny. I was like, wow. yeah, no one, no one, no so one, yeah, yeah, no one uh cocks their eyebrows or throws like a shady <laughs> sneering look quite like Bruce Willis yeah, does. Quite like Bruce, Dwayne yeah. Johnson, Dwayne the Rock. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, true. He's yeah, got a smolder. Actually, it's a smolder for him. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's the smolder. Um, but yeah, yeah. No, like so, like like you said, a, a very likable quite instantly, right? And because mm. he's your average Joe, essentially, yeah. right? He's he's just your dude. Very and I think it goes on. Your average John. And yeah, no, it's, it's, and, and I think it, it plays on to that fact that he is not, you know, he's not guns blazing. He's not here with two weapons or like a fucking, you know, sword. He's not going to slay down uh, each enemy one by one. He's not your John Wick, you know, he's someone that like yeah. is vulnerable. He's someone that's affable because he's vulnerable and we like him even more because of his vulnerability. And this is a vulnerable hero. And suddenly we're making something that's a bit more grounded and real. Right. Um, And not, not only you, 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 not only that, that's the true essence of that, but, but you get someone that's barefooted. And I think throughout the whole film and that there's nothing more vulnerable than fighting, you know, having to survive. And I wrote down this, like, is this an action? Like, yes, there's. It, it, it's a mixture of genres because you get the whole action, you know, trope. But then I'm thinking, 
you've got yourself a, a bit of a comedy and you've got yourself a bit of a survival movie as well. Mm-hmm. Like it's a true yeah. survival movie of what he has to, you know, undergo and what he has to do to like really survive because there's one point in the film. And I don't know if you guys spotted this, but it's the, it's the first instance when um, the enemies kind of storm the building. Um, they come into the 30th floor. Hans Gruber comes out and, you know, they're taking everyone in, they're taking all the hostages and McLean, you know, immediately takes his gun out and goes to open the door. And there's one moment, and, and I don't know if the director did this on purpose, but he'd like, there's a cutback. So when he opens the door, he looks at the exit and then it switches back to look at the enemies. And I'm like, did he do that on purpose to, te- to, mm. to inform that maybe McLean could have gone for the exit and then warned the cops. And then, but then he decided, no, you know mm. what? McLean's going to do this by himself. It's one of those things that I was like, oh, I wonder if that's, you know, shot was on purpose because I was like, why yeah. is he, sh- why are they shooting, you know, toward the exit sign? Is that yeah. signaling that he could have, because that's all, all he wanted, right? He wanted to get the police to come. He wanted the cavalry to come. But also there's a sense of like, oh, this is my moment to like, okay, be a hero. And, and suddenly you're like, he's thrust upon the, you know, the, the, the action is called upon him. And then, yeah, barefooted, you know, throughout the whole ride. And yeah. it's like, to, 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 I mean, to that point about the vulnerability, about how, his body's exposed to the elements. Like one of his biggest problems throughout the film is trying to find a pair of shoes, like you yeah. said, because yeah. he has to walk over broken glass and engage in this combat without having any shoes or socks on, and so his feet are all cut confused. up. But that why wasn't he wearing shoes? Because uh, he took, I think he took them off. For... He was getting changed. I think he was getting changed yeah. in the. Yeah. He it might have been. I didn't pay attention, but I think it might have been because the. Uh, he was getting changed, wa- washing up in the washroom when the terror, when the um, yeah. when the when the uh, the bad guys came in, um, or okay. it may have been that he had to, he got rid of his shoes at some point so he could get away. He could sneak quietly around the um, well, like trying to avoid the bad right. guys. I'm not mm. entirely yeah, I, sure, but um, I was like, I, I might have like missed it, and I was like, wait. Why is he looking for shoes? Yeah, that was one of the parts where I was confused. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. I think it's because he was getting changed. Yeah. He was getting changed. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As he was um, having that conversation with his wife, which was a good scene, actually. I, 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 do, mm, yeah. I do really recall these, like, these one-on-one scenes, these little, these little dynamic scenes between, um, you know, two characters. I mean, we're going to get to the one with Hans Gruber, which is probably one of my favorites. Um, mm. But yeah, these little scenes and it tells you how um, yeah, smart the exposition is, how, how quite brilliantly written it is. It's not in your face. It's not like, you know, you're, they're not throwing up exposition like a Christopher Nolan film. You know, it's, it's really quite subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, it's, and it's, yeah, it's captivating to see, to see their relationship, you know, kind of in a rut. Um, but yeah, so do we want to, you know, go about you know accelerating this train and going into the action gear and talking about the action because i feel like you know here we are you know talking well, about the the characters and the relationships but yeah please 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 but, take right it. before we get into that yes um, yes i was doing my research on wikipedia oh and i was reading oh, that. <laughs> you're digging oh, deep man. Oh, man yeah but oh, apparently the the script writer was originally a thriller writer and um good shout good shout yep Absolutely. Yeah. So maybe that's why that survival kind of thing played out really well. Like um, the way that he builds up the tension, I guess. Yeah. 
yes. yeah, yeah it's it's definitely i mean yeah you get you get a thriller there and like yeah. you know the intensity of the thrills yeah. only elevates the performances the yeah. action and the it makes story, the action right? look so good that's why i thought it would be 100%. a good segue into the action thing for um, sure for sure but, but the action yeah, yeah. was like like let's say the um c4 and the elevator shaft scene mm. like that scene was so good because of the tension building before that and yeah. i thought like yeah with that absolutely huge release with that huge fr- freaking explosion like i was um yeah i was literally and then to, to, uh, talking about <laughs> wow nicely done <laughs> And talking about the tension, I think, you know, Raf, you mentioned that the action doesn't actually really kick off until about half an hour into the film. I think often these days in any kind of, especially like a franchise action film, you're expected to have like an opening sequence that is action heavy uh, before you kind of enter into the first act. And this this film doesn't have that. And I think, you know, it probably is, you know, it it probably works all the better for it, because Mm -hmm. like you said, you're, you're. you're really watching more of a slightly comedic, I don't know, drama for the first 10 or 15, or like just a a, a fish out of water comedy for the first mm-hmm. 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. And then it sort of becomes a thriller that is then set on fire with action. Yeah, because again, it's a movie that takes its time. And I appreciate so much when a script, when 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 there's direction, when 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 there's yeah when there's a narrative that takes its time that doesn't mind mm-hmm. setting up building up these characters so then you actually fucking care about them you know they're not just yep. thrown mm-hmm. upon you like all right he's gonna shoot that dude he's gonna kill that he's gonna save the day like whatever you know it's someone that you actually care about so suddenly when he's yeah. without shoes when he only has one pistol when he has you know barely anything left for him you actually mm-hmm. you know worry you fear you 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 are you are with the character all the way and then when he you know when it turns up to when it when it cranks it up to 100 a little bit for the action you know he has the gun then he has the mp5 mm-hmm. then he he has the c4 you know and you're like oh my god you know he's he has everything you know everything's kind of under control and then he loses it again it's it's yeah. it's a really smartly um, it's a smartly driven narrative where it goes from ups and downs and with uh, still the classic, you know, hero's journey all the way mm-hmm. to the end. And it was I purposeful. think, yeah, 100%, yeah. 100% purposeful. And, and, you know, talking about the action, I, I do want to mention this because, um, uh, the blood splatter, I love eighties action films and I love nineties action films and maybe towards the two thousands, but they tend to go for CGI, you know, towards mm-hmm. the end of mm-hmm. 2010s. Um, but the blood splatter uh, of, of gunshots. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing more real than like having a chest kind of blow out and. Like, and it's always pop. I love I love I love. I mean, this is probably not that realistic, but I love how um, like iridescent and brightly red, yes. bright red the the blood is. It's like something yeah. that came from a ketchup bottle. Yeah, and it's just like a splatter, which. I think you realize it's that it's neon. not, you know, it's not realistic, and that makes it all the more fun. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's and it's just nice to see something tangible and real on screen, right? Because when it's CGI, yep. suddenly it it robs you of uh, of a little bit of the of those deaths of those scenes. Whereas, I mean, like for me, and I'm I'm just gonna name drop Total Recall, but that's one movie where I was like, this is the finest, you know, blood splatter. But that's probably another movie we'll watch for another time, um, another classic, you know, '90s. Um, but yeah, so 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 the action. I think what mm. what what elevated the action is, I think, like you said, Gabriel, you know, it had a purpose, and because we care about these characters, and it took its time. So when the action comes in, suddenly you're you're yeah you're you're right in the midst of it. Um, but 
yeah, that's that's kind of what I had to say about the action. But like, what, in terms of, a... I think like yeah, I think you make a good point about um, it's 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 economically measured out. It's it's economically parcelled out. I think the director uh, John McTiernan and the writers and the producers they were not in. They're not. It doesn't seem like they're just interested in getting simple money shots for the trailer or satisfying action shots. I mean, you certainly do get those. But all of the action is built around, okay, what is believable, what is necessary, and what adds to the story and to the progression um, of this, of this, yeah, of this this battle that's happening in Nakatomi Plaza. Mm. And um, I also think that the action is really, really benefits from Jan de Bont's cinematography. So Jan de Bont is the cinematographer. And he shoots everything. He's like a legend because he sh- he was a cinematographer for about 20 years and then went on to direct his own action films, including Speed, which is another one of the classic quintessential action films from this era that was actually inspired initially by Die Hard. And like Yann Pont shoots everything in a super wide lens and he uses a lot of like whiplashes and stuff and he uses a lot of deep focus and it's really dark as well. It's not too overexposed, but I, I, I think it, 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 it feels really cinematic when he, the way he shoots action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 100%, which is, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's so um, apparent that he, yeah, after making speed, you're, you're getting that influence. Um, so, you know, it, you're, you're in the hands of, of a, of a, a really fantastic crew, fantastic writers, and, you know, a director that knows what he's doing. Because prior to that, I think he did Predator, which is kind of another classic action film, this time with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So you're getting more of that grandioseness um, of action. Mm-hmm. Whereas this time it feels a bit more, yeah, tame and grounded and, and, and a bit more something that you can, you know, something that's more palpable and more, you know, tasty, let's say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I th- I think I mean you know I I don't mean to transition here and out, but again the action is best served because we are with someone that's affable. We are following someone that's you know likable, and 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 we are enjoying not just his chemistry with others, his relationship with others, but his relationship with himself because he you know throughout this whole film he essentially is narrating his own movie. Uh, he's talking to himself and that makes him even more likable. I just love him in crisis. I love, mm-hmm. you know, one of my favorite scenes is uh, when he's mm-hmm. calling, he's dialing 911 off um, the radio and it's these two um, police officers, female police officers that respond and they're like, hey, is this an emergency? And then they keep going back and forth and, he's, and he says something like, uh, Jesus Christ, lady, do you think I'm ordering a pizza? Or something like that. <laughs> and, and you just yeah. see like... You know, it's like you, you can't call this number. It's only for emergencies. You think I'm a pacim- yeah? It's it's just it's so funny. And then, like, and then they're like, you know, we might have to come. We might have to arrest you or charge you if you continue to waste our time. And he's like, do it. Just send someone. Yeah, send yeah, yeah. To come arrest me. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like his his yeah his moments of crisis, his moments of like sheer like vulnerability, and almost to the point where he's like, can I actually do this? Um, and then you see him succeed and it's like, wow, like, you know, the action, you're rewarded by the action, which is just fantastic. But again, you know, we wouldn't have this good a hero if we didn't have this good a villain. So, Mm. uh, I feel like we need to transition to, to the baddies, you know, Mm. to, to Hans Gruber himself, which, you know, for me, he is definitely one of the most iconic, you know, screen presences that we've, that we've had, um, ever, if anything, um, especially in action flicks, it's really hard to come by a, a, such a great villain. And yeah, the late Alec Rickman, who, you know, puts in, in you know, 
Yeah, yeah, puts in a, 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 yeah. a, a fantastic performance. So again, I'm going to put this back to you, Movie Newbie. What was it like when you first saw that type of villain? Because, you know, you, you've seen, you know, um, a lot of critical movies or a lot of uh, big uh, action movies with notable villains, you know, like the MCU, like let's say Thanos. But with this, what did you feel? Like what, what was your takeaway? Hmm. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I like that. He's mulling over it. Yeah. 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 Um, this, the villain. Yeah. Um, I wasn't blown away. I wasn't really blown away by the villain. I, I didn't really think it was that, uh, like, game changing. Was mm-hmm. this, was it, was this considered game changing in how to write I think a villain I, or I, portray I, a villain? Or is it just iconic or like a cult? I don't think the, thing? yeah, I, I don't think the characterization was considered to be anything revolutionary. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, it's not like a super multi-dimensional character. If you're mm-hmm. being honest, it was just you. It was rare to see um, sort of ham-fisted action film villain played by an actor of Alan Rickman's caliber mm-hmm. and played with such class and panache. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like one of his first lines, which I always love repeating, is when he's walking into. I can't remember the name of the CEO who runs the. The business in Nakatomi Plaza, yeah. uh, but when he's walking into his office with the little model, and he's yeah, just like, and when Alec, yeah, and, he, and he's like, and when Alexander saw the breadth of his domain, he wept for there were no more worlds to conquer. Mm. Benefits of a classical education, yeah, like yeah, it's so yeah, yeah. it's so smarmy and so self aware. It's yeah. it's and he and you can tell that the actors just you know savoring every moment of that dialogue, yeah, and that performance. Mm. I gotta say I love that I love that scene that was that was really cool um, yeah. I had a feeling we would bring it up um, but there was just something about the character that made me feel like he was um, what's the word for it like like a spoiled kid that mm. you mm. know like 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 a kid that would get bullied in school but wouldn't get bullied because they were like really spoiled and had a lot of like toys and shit well i think that that's that's you you've touched on something important about his character when his characters when the bad guys first enter the the nakatomi plaza everyone assumes that they're part of this terrorist organization Mm -hmm. that they're um political crusaders of some kind mm. but then it's revealed by the end which is ingenious is that they're only pretending to be terrorists yeah and well they actually are plain old thieves it's like john yeah. mcclain says towards the end he says like you did this all just for money and that's yeah, literally yeah. It. he's just a boring you know at the end of the day he's a plain old boring thief with no other you other know ambitions. no other values or mm. yeah exactly yeah 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 which I think it flips it on its head. You know, you're thinking of this this great terrorist who's going to, you know, maybe crumble civilization, who's going to decide to, like, flop over the city, who's going to, you know, do something. Dismantle to... the world economy in some way or take exactly. down a corporation. Exactly. Mm. And you're, you're, you're thinking something big, something, you know, grandiose. But then it just, yeah, it's just your simple... Your simple bank thief. It's a, it's a, essentially a heist film at this, you know, at this mm, stage. But cleverly you're... done using yeah. bearer bonds. Yeah. I, yeah. I think uh, one nitpick though, just to maybe to give <clears throat> Jabril a little bit of company here in his criticism. I think the one nitpick I have, and it's a fantastic performance from Alan Rickman, and I can tell that he's doing a lot. But when he's pretending to be the American, ah. 
And maybe oh. this is part of the point. A nitpick is that I just didn't buy, I didn't think John McClane would buy that American accent. And it suggests maybe at the end that he, he knew it was him. But yeah. it never really clarifies, like, did he know the whole time that he was talking to Hans Gruber? Mm, because he yeah. gives him the gun, but then it's revealed that it's not loaded. And he well, says, you think like, I'm really that stupid, that. Hans? They kind of play with that, with the um, ID thing. You know, when he's like, he knows what a fake ID is. And then the mm. the captain is like, um, what does he say? He's like, a bartender could, could figure it out. He could be yeah. a bartender. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. But yeah, it's yeah. a. It's a a bunch of those like, does he know? Does he not know? Like, yeah, really but, the, the, but, like, but the point the point is is that the accent wasn't that believable. I thought his American accent, but then I thought maybe that's just know, thought, another layer to the performance that yeah. he's pretending to be. He's an English actor pretending to be German, pretending yeah. to be American. Yeah. So it's got to kind of be unbelievable. I yeah. mean, I didn't really hear the German. I gotta say. No, I guess it was an educated. It was <laughs> yeah. an educated upper class German where yeah. you know he's definitely he's, studied abroad he's or English. he's. Yeah, <laughs> which I have heard yeah. that kind of German accent, you know, that kind of yeah. English, Britishized German accent. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it just paid off very well. And he seemed like an intellectual anyways. He knew what to do. For me, that scene that you pointed out where maybe you're not considering that it's it's very believable, his American accent. I, 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 I give him props for, uh, as a villain, for adaptability. So many villains, you see such a straight cut or you see their plans unravel, like, Mm-hmm. quite linearly mm-hmm. and you're you're already expecting yeah. you know to, to, to it see the like finish line on the spot decision right it's yeah. or or it was a mistake right or mm-hmm. suddenly john mcclain actually discovers him just in the same floor and suddenly he as mm. a villain has to adapt and yeah. i just love the fact that he went oh you know like suddenly yeah. he's like ah, oh, damn what do i do so he's a, a villain that's you know kind of switched on and and it plays on his mistakes but he adapts with his mistakes i love a villain that like can you know uh, defeat the status quo on like, okay, this is my objective and I'm going to get there and you know how he's going to get there. But then when something comes in the way, how does he handle that? Because you're getting that with a hero. So why can't you get that with a villain? Um, yeah. So it's, it, yeah, I thought it was really cleverly uh, done, but then obviously it, it is revealed that John McClane is also smart. So it's like, mm-hmm. it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a battle. It's like an intellectual battle of like, those things, that's thing is like, yeah, that's another like theme. I think of this story is that it's about street smart versus mm-hmm. other kinds of smart because no one assumes that John McClane has any brains whatsoever. He's not a criminal mastermind like Hans. He's not a member of the FBI like, mm-hmm. or, you know, or he's not, a, he's not a high powered corporate CEO. He's just, he's just a cop, you know, he's, he's just, just a cop. And he's yet he cap, has, yeah. he's always one step ahead of pretty much everyone he faces in this movie. Yeah. If you yeah. think about it. That's true. That's true. PK motherfucker. But uh, on the, on the yeah, subject of, um, on the subject of villains, just quickly, I wanted to point out that watching this film, I thought there are there's there's Hans Gruber, but there's also another villain, and that's bureaucratic authority figures who <laughs> have, have any idea what the hell they are doing. Mm-hmm. The two heroes of this film are the two cops, really the yeah. low-ranking cops. You've got yeah. John McClane and you've got Sergeant Alan so, Powell. Al yeah. Powell. Yeah. But the rest of the guys that come in who try to take over for them, you know, whether it's right. the FBI, the go, the head go, of the go. police force, or the uh, the FBI guys or the people who are connecting him on the telephone or the people who are working in the banks in this, or like the, in this financial mm. office. Mm. And none of them have got a platinum, the media as well. The news reporter guy yeah. who screws everything up for him. Mm. They all think they know more than he does. And then they end up making his life harder. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I, I wrote that down of, um, 
yeah, the kind of uh, the federal bureau idi- idiocy. Um, yes, because it's 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 just yeah, they have no idea what they're doing. Um, they're they're belittling uh, the people that actually know what's going on. Um, and it's that kind of, yeah, authoritarian stupidity that takes over. And you're thinking, oh, is that a play on to that? Or is that you're a kind of an 80s trope? Because I feel like I've seen it a few times where you're suddenly getting the cop and you're like, all right, get out of my crime scene. You know, I'll take I'll take it from here. And they're yeah. always just doing the worst job. It's like, how how did you get to this position? But then there's also that, yeah that play on uh, that idea and that concept, which is just, yeah, can be very brilliant. Um, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. wow. Wow. But it's, yeah, it, it's, it's, it is phenomenal. And I, I think one, one of the things I, I also admired about um, the villain, well, Hans Gruber is also his team. Um, they were more than just your, your average henchman. Uh, they were, I think they, they had, they had relationships with one another, which is so cool. You know, you're um, you're getting the tech guy who has a mission and a goal to open the yeah. vault. Um, you have the two brothers who John McClane kills the first brother. Was it, was it just two brothers? I How think many that, yeah. of them were there? I thought there was three. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, actually, I don't know. I think I well, I think I think as much as I, I think it was two because then you get well, you get him in. So he kills his brother, and it, it was that fantastic. Um, quote from Alec Rick, uh, Alec Rickman when when he um, he sees the the dead brother in the lift and he's like now I have a machine gun ho ho, ho. Oh, yeah yeah um and it's ハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハーハ
and like mesh them together. So like Ode to Joy is one of them. Um, mm. I can't remember. You, I can't remember which ones there were, but like there was a lot of like Christmas songs that he like pitched down and pitched up and like mm. try to give the eerie feeling to like add to the thriller aspect. But also kind of on this back of uh, this backdrop of Christmas, which is yeah, this we we didn't even talk about the Christmas part, but um, that's true. That's yeah. true. We completely forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> but and also I I am gonna circle back into it with one of my with yeah. my mystery question. Mm. Okay, okay. Very mysterious, like like mystery. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed, like so a mystery. So Watch I don't know. Out. Do you guys have anything to say about the the score? Unless you guys didn't really think much of it. Yeah. I, I honestly I didn't really pay attention to it. Um, but it's definitely something that was still underneath, and that was still mm. a very much again an important element, an important character to the piece. Because mm. I th- I don't know. Would it be such a different for me? There was like the use without... of like Christmas bell sounds that were like. Your it was your characteristic bell sound for Christmas, but it was used in a different way to create like an eeriness and like this like. Ooh. Yeah, I I I mean I I gotta say I didn't pay a, a great deal of attention to it either, but I thought the um, the uh I, I did I did like the use of what is it is it Ode to Joy? Yeah, Ode to yeah. Joy. Oh, to joy the, the way because I think is because Hans is a fan of classical music and mm. obviously I think that music that's that particular piece of music gets played a lot around Christmas time. I think maybe I'm just pulling that I out of like my house, but that yeah. But I I like the way they incorporated that into the score, yeah. like you you brought up, which I think is yeah really well done. Um, and I you know this is not has nothing to do with the score, but um, I liked how the opening credits were played at set to uh, Christmas in Hollis by uh, mm. Run DMC. Which is one of my personal favorite Christmas songs, so that's cool. Oh, nice, nice, nice! Yeah. It played, it played on exactly what you wanted. Um, good yeah. start, good start. <laughs> um, yeah, nice. Well, we've we've covered all the bases, maybe apart from the fact that it was, you know, uh, apart from its Christmas robe, uh, shall yeah. I say? But I think well, we're gonna. I guess I talked about the Christmas thing with this, with the sounds and stuff. Yeah, yeah, true, 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 true. Yeah, and yeah. we're we're gonna we're gonna go back into it with the mystery question. Indeed. So we're the um, favorite scene, is it? Yeah, favorite scene is well, yeah, favorite scene. Let's go favorite scene, and then we'll do favorite performances. Uh, favorite scene. Let's go with Jabriel. I don't know why I'm doing that. I'm picking now. I'm just all like, right, hey, all right. Scene. I'll go first. Um, my favorite scene is the open. Well, not the opening scene. Is it the opening scene when they're in the plane? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. They're yeah. just having that chat, and uh, the guy gives them the tip on like what to do, like after travel. Mm. And I like the little payoff of the like throughout. Yeah. Like, was it in the middle? Yeah, like, right before the shit happens. Like yeah. the little payoff. Like he feels so relaxed, and all of a sudden, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I really liked it. The the yeah, when he saw the gun, it's just like yeah. I don't know. I really great great. This. Um, I really liked how the the our first shot of McLean in that scene that you're talking about is the close-up on his hand gripping the armrest yeah yeah and you reveal that he's scared of flying and so mm-hmm. you know that yeah this is our hero who's about to have you know have all these lives on his shoulders is the guy who's afraid of flying the plane mm-hmm. right yeah and that's our hero talk about everyone. humanizing him yeah mm. <laughs> right imagine he was yeah imagine imagine he was the hero for snakes on a plane wouldn't happen um mm-hmm. anyways ollie favorite scene 
Um, yeah, so I, I often cheat when we get to these questions. You and, do. You know, you I'm going to do. do it again. I know, I know. What can I say? I'm, I'm shameless. But um, <clears throat> okay, just quickly for action. I, I love the scene when uh, the guy who he, om- he had the chance to shoot, who like put his hands up, is chasing him on top of that table, those, mm. those tables, and is just shooting. And while, uh, you know, John McClane is crawling away under the tables mm-hmm. yeah. and he keeps shooting in him. I just oh, love the way yeah, that yeah. it's filmed, the way it sneaks around the table. And then it ends with one of my favorite one-liners from an action film, which is after the guy, the guy who's shooting him is about to kill him and says, <clears throat> you know, a word of advice, like sorry, a tip, like you should, when you had the chance to kill me, kill me. And then Bruce Willis just shoots him like through the table right then. And he says, thanks for the <laughs> advice. <laughs> and, um, and then, uh, yes, yeah, so that's a great action scene. And then uh, other than that, I love the, it's so cheesy, but I love the emotional heart to heart between John McClane and Sergeant Powell over the phone. Um, when yeah. Al Powell um, uh, admits that he, sh- he shot a kid. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good one. And yeah. I just, I just love yeah. Reggie Reginald Vell Johnson's delivery of that line. You know, uh, I think I was making fun of it with Jabril before, but it's something like they can teach you how to do everything right in the force, except how to live with the mistake. Yeah. And that, that got me. And yeah. I, I love their chem- their chemistry is so good yeah. as well. Oh, I was, incredible. I was gonna say like, um, his character is such a like a like a bro character. He can like make these connections with so many different types of people and mm. i thought it was like present throughout the movie yeah he's the, yeah. he's the he's yeah he's the true unsung hero yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no i'm talking about john oh john oh, oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. John, yeah. john yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Absolutely. but al is super likable oh I really yeah he like is. him yes <laughs> yeah yeah um ah yes a lot of great scenes it was hard to um to pick just the one so i'm gonna go with two um the first one is the scene between Hans Gruber and John McClane uh, when they're having a smoke. Um, I think there's just an eye, an eye for detail on like their um, dynamic and they're trying to, especially Hans Gruber suddenly realizing, you know, John McClane is, is, is revealing a bit of himself and there's just a shift in the eyes that I just love and just, yeah, their back and forth is great. But you know, the, the scene that tops it all off is, um, Hans Gruber falling to his death because uh, oh, so good. that one is just a, it's a classic. It's been replayed on and on again. Um, it's been referenced. It, it's such an iconic scene. Um, and there's also a fun fact, which I'm sure a lot of people know it by now, but um, his, his fall was pretty real. Uh, at least for, you know, Rickman uh, because in order to make it, he was supposed to, so he, he was hanging off, um, uh, a ledge uh, and he was supposed to be dropped off 20 feet into an airbag uh, while holding t- to a stuntman and they were supposed to count to three and then release him except to have genuine and authentic mm-hmm. performance they dropped him at one so what you're <laughs> nice. seeing is an actual yeah it is the actual face of terrified <laughs> man. um so yeah i thought that was definitely definitely uh, one of my favorite moments and it's just so it's so beautifully shot in slow motion you know and i was like this looks this looks too real yeah. um all right favorite performances ollie oh um, oh i did not see that ollie sorry you were giving me like probably the performance of your lifetime no it? me and jabria were were mugging we're for the like... camera we were trying to do the slow mo- we were they trying were to use it. our webcams to do the uh slow motion full but anyway um nice. that's not entertaining for the listeners uh favorite performance oh man i mean you know what it's so boring but i'm gonna have to go bruce willis as john mcclain i was gonna say 
I was going to give it to the Rick man, but um, yeah, I don't know. He's just so goddamn likable. And mm. we're, you know, by the time mm. most of us have watched this film, we're so used to the Bruce Willis shtick. But yeah. this was the first time he probably introduced it to, to audiences worldwide. Yeah. And he created a type here and he owned it. And so, yeah, yeah I just love him. He's he's so entertaining in this film. Mm. Jay Brooke. Hmm. To be honest, I really liked Argyle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Give yeah. him some love. Yeah, I love Argyle. I, I, I liked his little, like the little cutscenes that he had. It was, they, they were really funny. They made me laugh. They made me have a little chuckle. Just like, it was a little bit stereotypical. Gotta say. A little bit stereotypical. Mm. But it was still like a good comedic experience. I found it. Great, yeah. great bit of a silent... Yeah, great bit of like physical or silent comedy. So yeah. when he's drinking the whiskey or the alcohol in the back mm-hmm. of the limousine and he suddenly sees the the TV playing the news broadcast of yeah. what's happening in the building that he's yeah. in, he suddenly puts away the glass and then takes the bottle the, while he's watching and he takes the mini bottle and just drinks the booze yeah. straight from the mini <laughs> yeah. bottle even though he's just made a glass with ice. Oh, loved it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah brilliant. And, and he helps save the day as well, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, so he's he's also kind of a kind of a hero uh all the supporting characters uh you know have have their hero moment which is just amazing mm-hmm. uh i'm gonna give it to the rick man it's uh something that i would love to do uh as an actor myself is to play sort of to develop an iconic villain and to do something like that would be a dream and i think he absolutely uh kills it no pun intended uh and and yeah he's such a he, he subverted i'm sure a lot of people's expectations of what they came to expect as uh a villain for a film like this for your 80s for your late 80s action film uh, and he subverted i'm sure a lot of expectations and he has a grade of one-liners and he's just you know he's just smooth he just delivers those lines with with pitch, pitch perfection um mm. so yeah all right what's age the best jabu all right, what age is the best? Let me just look over here. Let him look at his um, notes. It's the only one I didn't answer. Oh, fair enough, fair um, enough. Do you have anything on top of your head, best. or I can circumvent back to you? I mean, the I'm I'm just gonna say the the action shots. Yeah. I think they they've um. I mean, with all the the stuff that's going on right now with the CGI and like mm. the special effects and whatnot, we're gonna see a lot of like. I guess remake slash sequels of movies from the eighties, like with Top Gun coming out soon. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's something about these shots that are super timeless. I really like, like you said, the Alan Rickman shot. Yeah. Like the the ending scene, just uh, what was it? The C four scene. I really like the scene where he's crawling in the. Like oh, the air vents. Yeah, the, the air vents. Yeah. 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 Shooting, Let's get like, together, I... have a few laughs. <laughs> yeah, it would be great, they said. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the, just those scenes, they're all just like, they just feel timeless, right? So I think yeah. the shots, yeah. Those are, yeah, those yeah, absolutely. Good. There's a practical um, element to it that is so, just so well done. Uh, and because it's, it's, it's again, it, it's grounded action. It, it's mm-hmm. not over the top CGI. It's it's real explosions. It's 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 real gun. Like it's 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 real glass breaking. It's real floors in destruction. It's it's something that's yeah that captivates because it, there's a true essence uh, about it. It's a practical element. Mm. Yeah, Ollie. Uh, ooh. 
I I will go with, I'm changing my answer here again. I'm probably going to go with the setting. I think Nakatomi Plaza, the skyscraper, it's iconic. You can actually yeah. see that if you're uh, driving into, coming in from the airport into uh, central LA. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've seen it before. When I saw it, I was like, oh, damn, that's Nakatomi Plaza. That's <laughs> not what it's called in, uh, in real life, but it's, uh, yeah, I love the I love like setting an action. I know it's been done; it's probably been done before this, but setting an action film in a single location, mm. a skyscraper is perfect. It gives you so much room to play around, and I love the way they use it. They keep going higher and higher, and using the elevator shaft, and then hanging off the side at the end. Yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, like you said, an actual building. It was actually Fox Plaza, right? Uh, that mm. also helped yep. you know finance this film, uh, and it was uh, ah. a building that was. Um, uh, still under construction, step especially on its top floor. So they use the actual um, top floors of that building to shoot um, well those scenes that were you know where whereas the it's the levels still under constructions. Those are actual floors of Fox Plaza. Um, oh, cool. So yeah, really really cool stuff. Um, the one location is yeah just brilliant. It just works. It just works. Um, it's something that I wrote down like for the three points about what this why this is a perfect blueprint for an action movie and it's simple premise, charismatic hero in one location. Um, but for me, what's aged the best is the plot. As easy as that, there is is something that's so rewatchable about it there's something that's so simple and it's the reason why so many copies have been trying to be made from this blueprint um because it's such a pure pure blueprint it's such a it's such a finely fabricated thing um so yeah the plot it's a classic it's a classic it's a it's a a classic plot it's a classic plot kind of reminds me of like thor and loki in a way i don't know Mm. i see i see like it's like you know the i don't know what is it yin and yang of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah. Um, hero, yeah, 100%. 100%. Thor and Loki. Um, what has aged the worst? And I found that hard for myself, but I'll go to Ollie on that one. I mean, yeah, there are certain like lines, you know, typically we we point out what's not aged the best in terms of political correctness, but you know, that's the case with most films that are more than I don't know, six months old. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh here so here i'm gonna say i'm gonna go with uh bruce willis's career or maybe the mm. rest of the Die Hard franchise <laughs> mm. which has nothing to do with the film but watching this film yeah reminds you of how good he was back then yeah. and how great that first Die Hard film was mm-hmm. and then every and then a lot of what followed is really disappointing so that's kind of what sticks in your brain gets stuck in your thaw when you're watching this mm. you know i'll, I'll say, say Die Hard, there, but Die Hard of Avengeance is still for me still Ooh, wait, is that the third one that's the, the third one, one with sam yeah, that's a great film. That's a classic action film. Fun yeah. fact was not written as a diehard film. It was uh, uh, retrofitted to be one later on. But anyway, yeah, that's cool. a great action film. But like mm. the rest of the diehard films, especially the last one or two, are just like dog shit, to yeah. be honest. And yeah. Bruce Willis is totally phoning in at this point in his career, even though he can do good work. But mm. yeah. Just can't, he just can't be fucked. Yeah, yeah. Just he's, can't be fucked, mate. He's yeah. just getting that bread. Um, yeah. Yeah. Jabril, age the worst. Um, I guess I guess I want to say like POC characters, but there was barely any like <laughs> there was barely already any, not like, great then <laughs> uh, screen time anyway. So like, um, what was it? There was the only the only I guess relevant one was the the safe 
guy, the guy that was like trying to break into the safe. He was like a coder. Slash, oh, the nerdy, like, the nerdy, the nerdy hacker. Yeah, yeah the nerdy <laughs> hacker guy. Um, but other than that, they were like pretty stereotypical, in my opinion. Like the the housekeeper in the beginning, um, Argyle, the driver. He was the Japanese businessman. Like, Japanese businessman, exactly. Um, so yeah, a lot of those characters were. Just yeah. a little bit 80s, but, it was, but it was it was 80s, 80s stereotype. You know? Yeah, it's 80s Typical. stereotype. But at yeah. least there was a bit of representation in this film. Which there was, was representation. You know. And I so that's what I was gonna say. It's kind of like, yeah, I could talk about this POC thing, but like for the 80s as well, like it was it's pretty big to have like the main company be a Japanese company and not an American company, and to have the second in charge of a female um like a lady yeah yeah true. Um, a single mom at that point mm. like it's pretty i guess yeah from from this point from the point of view of like 2021 it's a bit weird but from i guess the 80s that's i guess pretty revolutionary so yeah yeah it's, i don't know yeah i guess yeah i guess one could say it's it's progressive for 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 that time um yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's something I was going to point out as well is maybe the the caricatures and the the stereotypes. Mm. But there's also a balance to being like, oh well, you know, at least you're seeing you know black actors, Asian actors, mm-hmm. um, and not just you know one liners. You're seeing fully yeah. fledged characters, which is kind of mm-hmm. nice. It's just the um, housekeeper. That was the only uh, one yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah. I was like, like uh, <laughs> there, it, I was like, there it is. Yeah, yeah. And then is. like, and then like the, <laughs> the, the reporters threatening the her with deportation. But then yeah, you also had yeah. that that not great that not great line from John McClane when when I was listening to it, I was like, ooh. But when he's he meets the the CEO or the Japanese boss, and he says, I didn't know they celebrated Christmas in Japan. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah, the guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I was half hoping that guy would be like, shut the fuck up. This is my building. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Oh, like, <laughs> I own this building, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't have to explain our culture to you. <laughs> yeah, what the hell, dude? God damn it, white people. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think I'd have to, you know, go with a bit of. Uh, I'm sorry, but I, I'm gonna hit, piggyback on both of y'all's um, aged worst because. I had a hard time uh, figuring that out for myself. Mm. Um, I guess maybe the 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 the, the, um, the plot uh, of what do you call it? Um, the the TV reporter plot kind of fell on the sideline for me. Uh, wasn't oh, particularly I about that. wasn't particularly interesting. I didn't really know why yeah. it was kind of put there but i guess it served a, well a minor it, it, purpose. it, it, it exposed it, it was part of exposing who john McClane was yeah and who yeah. um his relationship to holly yeah which yeah, meant yeah, that suddenly true. suddenly uh hans gruber has collateral because has he can collateral. yeah he can threaten to kill his wife yeah. totally because the whole time she's that. been pretending to not be related yeah. no that's yeah, true and i guess yeah. but it 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 for me, it, it it still had a minor significance because of how quickly he was taken out after finding that. Yeah, yeah, it, it probably you probably could have excised that part from mm-hmm. the plot completely, and found another way to have the reveal of Holly be brought in. But yeah, yeah, because you know, like if at the end of the day he needs one hostage to you know get away. Wouldn't he have taken her since she's the second in command, and then the reveal of like you know, they meet together and he has Holly 
and it's like you know then the impact of john mcclain maybe you would we would see a bit more of a dramatic i don't know i guess i'm just nitpicking at this point but yeah yeah all right so mystery question um and this one's kind of a guessing i don't know if you were uh how observant you were on this um but the mystery question it's it's purely a guess you, you can throw any number out there i don't think i have the right answer anyways um it's more of a trivia than anything but i wrote down and this is also for the listeners so if you know comment on the sec on uh, comment 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 below um i don't know where below but anywhere um how many christmas references does this movie have oh i counted i and uh, you know i i because I, I kind of uh cheated because i had this mystery question on me but i i counted like at least 15 um so you know i'm talking about the the t-shirt ho 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 i'm talking about the christmas trees that i saw the christmas music that i heard um there was a merry christmas graffiti on the wall of the um of the upper floors that were still not constructed um there was a santa that i saw um so like all those kind of references that you see and there's yeah i counted a lot for what i for what i saw for how, how many that i saw um so again like it was very much in the quote coated in a in a christmas film because of that as well that added element of the amount of times you see a christmas reference so yeah that's my mystery question to you you can you know you don't have to answer right now it could be a mm. guess or it could be something to think about you know a mystery question to think about like do you do you know the the answer i don't actually know the answer no i, I okay. did not google it okay so that's that's me uh just throwing a mystery question out there without the answers uh, <laughs> um, i'm gonna say Chris, what like, counts as a christmas reference like yeah. can it be well so obviously I, like a christmas song or can it be someone saying happy christmas yeah exactly I, I so i wrote down a few lines as well which is no it's 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 not like every other line has a christmas uh note added to it but there were a couple lines where it's like ah or like little christmas puns you know mm. uh what did i write down uh uh yeah, like I wrote down, like, oh, come on, it's it's Christmas Eve, you know, it, it's always a time for miracles. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, like stuff like that. Um, so maybe so, references in the in the lot in the script then, in the like script in the itself. dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. Which keep, give it that added element of like I, a Christmas film. Like I picked them up. Maybe there was like four or five times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right yeah, on. I was right like, on. oh, okay, Christmas reference. Oh, yeah. yeah, because I, I, well, basically the the reason behind this question is like, what made you feel like it was a Christmas? Because some people are saying, you know, it's just pure action. Mm. Uh, it doesn't have to be a Christmas movie. Um, but like, what gives it that 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 added holiday element to it? That added like, yeah, Christmas yeah. holiday. Like what you guys were talking about for the last movie, I felt it for this movie. Oh like yeah, interesting. Like Christmassy kind of feeling. God, I, I gotta say, I yeah, because yeah, watching this time, I was thinking about the Christmas theme while watching it, and I came to the conclusion that I don't know if I think this is a very Christmassy movie. Uh-huh. I seem to a lot of and things. I it is a Christmas movie in the sense that I I tend to watch it around this time of year. Right. But I don't what when I'm watching it, I never was. I never felt like I was. And this is just we 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 did a whole bonus note about this, so we don't need to go into this again. But I wasn't getting that Christmassy feeling, other than oh yeah, it's Christmas coming up because I'm watching this now. Like honestly, it wasn't until the end of the film, like literally, the Christmas stuff is really present at the beginning, and then it, uh, the rest of the, mo- the 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 like the next like ninety minutes when it's all action, bang bang bang, shoot shoot shoot, mm. I completely forget that this is set in during Christmas and this is a Christmas movie. 
And then at the end, they start playing Christmas music and saying Merry Christmas to one another. And I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's Christmas. Merry Christmas, yeah. guys. Yeah, I've yeah. just been watching this guy run around like L.A. with a gun. Like, you know, and it looks like it's 30 degrees outside. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. <laughs> L.A. Christmas, y'all. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's... It, I know, it's, I'd say like 20 lines, maybe. 20 line references, probably. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. Again, don't have the answers. Probably. <laughs> I, love, I love how I threw that out there. And I'm like, again, don't know, don't care. Um, just wanted to throw it out there. I just I just wanted to see how, how switched on your Christmas gazes were, I guess, you know, for this. Oh, movie. damn, you caught um, me out. Not yeah, really. there we go. <laughs> exactly. You switched on. All, Ollie was one. just like, shoot, shoot, bang, bang, pow, pow. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yippee ki yay. Yippee ki yay, motherfucker. Mother efforts. <laughs> Um, wow, yeah, that was a like, terrible impression. Yippee-ki-yay, <laughs> motherfucker. Um, it's like Greg playing uh, John McClane. Greg, Greg from Succession, yeah. Hey, um, uh, yippee-ki-yay, yippee motherfucker. motherfucker. <laughs> Anyways, God, I hope someone listening to this understands that understands reference. Understands that reference. Um, so, shall we move on to ratings? Um, because I feel like, you know, we've covered a lot in this film and it was a thoroughly enjoyable conversation to, to have uh, a great back and forth. Mm-hmm. So let's go. Let's go for the ratings with Jabril. All righty. Here we go with the ratings. Um, yeah, it was just a thoroughly enjoyable movie. I really liked it. I liked the action. I liked the pacing. As you know, I liked the score. Um I like the camaraderie between uh, John McClane and um, Sergeant Al. Um, what do do we know of John McClane's like what his rank was? Was he a sergeant or something, or was he is he just? John oh, McClane? I don't know. I'm not sure. Mm. He just he just says NYPD, doesn't he? Or he says I'm a cop. Yeah, he just says I'm a cop. I think. Yeah, I just yeah. So, anyways, I am gonna rate this, and. 8.5 um, C4 uh, nice. plastic explosives out of 10. Oh, nice. Yeah, 8.5. That's a big explosion. Indeed. Nice. Nice. Ollie? Yeah, I mean, it's a quintessential action film, almost pitch perfect in every way. Mm. So what else can I give it other than ding, 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 10 out of 10 blood-soaked tank tops. Ooh, yeah. yeah, this is a tenor, boys. This is a tenor. This Pretty is a good, tenor. Yeah. This is a tenor. I feel like I'm heading in your direction, Ollie. Uh, yeah, this 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 is this is by far still the best action film I've seen. It's the perfect blueprint to uh, an action premise. Um, it's grounded. It's practical. It can be over the top when it wants to. It sets up John McClane as such a great, affable character. It has an iconic villain attached to its hero. It's got some fantastic one-liners. You know, it's a movie that's so easily rewatchable. And for me, I am also gonna give it ten shards of glass coming out of your feet out of ten. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. That was a that was a vivid image. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a vivid moment as well. Yeah, when he was pulling it out. <laughs> yeah, Ugh. yeah, yeah. They they wanted Yuck. to add a sound That's effect, what she said. but they did <laughs> They actually, fun fact, before we end, they wanted to uh, add a sound effect on that, but they decided that the actual sound of him, like, pulling that mm-hmm. was gory enough. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's. Uh, I think sound is usually worse than than sight. It's kind of like yeah. that film, one hundred twenty seven hours. Oh yeah. But um, mm. yeah. Before we digress, though, I I didn't find a part of the episode to work this in, so I'm just gonna squeeze it in completely out of context randomly now. And there's this, yeah, this one line. Hans, booby, I'm your <laughs> white knight. I, we didn't mention him, but I loved, what's his name? Harry, the, yeah, the, the coke addicted. The coke addicted. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, was, he cracked me up so much. It's Harry, booby. Um, <laughs> Hans, yeah. booby. He met. <laughs> and he's got, even got like, he's even got like the razor sharp chin length like beard he does, like stubble yeah. that all these like wanker bankers in movies have yeah <laughs> and john mcclain the whole time is trying to save him uh mm-hmm. yeah he, he met he met an ill fate yeah all right thanks guys uh yeah and thanks. until until the next one hey eh? until the next one guys until the next one until the last one the finale the um what, what, what was it what was the movie and now there's only a one more the nightmare before christmas the nightmare before christmas there we go and on that note please don't forget to like share and subscribe show us to your friends show us to your parents show us to your barber maybe they'll like it but that's all from us thank you guys thanks for everyone for listening and catch you next time Hey guys, if you like the show, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Movie Newbie, and you can also search The Movie Newbie on Medium for really cool, spoiler-free reviews. So, catch you in the next episode. Till next time, guys. Enjoy.